this is not restless. Okay, I know you just want to get to the show, but I'm actually here to tell you that there's a way that you can get even more restless in your life. You can do that by going to patreon.com backslash the restless podcast, where there are three different ways, starting at just $3 a month, that you can both support this show and at the same time get even more content, at least one extra episode a week and often more. Not to mention the Restless Telegram channel that you'll have access to 24-7 to interact with all the other patrons. If you want more Restless in your life, this is the way. Go to patreon.com backslash the Restless podcast. Okay, back to the show. This is Restless. All right, Restless fans, pour your cup of coffee, add your collagen peptides, cream, whatever else you might add, pumpkin spice. If you happen to be a lady in with young children in her 30s uh, and get ready because we are going to the John Piper tweet. Pastor Michael, we need a we need a John Piper watch music. Are we just going to use that uh, that breaking news music or do we need something else? We probably should uh, just use that to stay consistent. I don't know what else we would use. Um, if you have a better idea, uh, patrons especially, put it in the chat so that we have an idea of what That's we right. could use. But I think that I think the breaking news is super fun. <laughs> I like it. Piper Watch. Yeah, I like it. We're on Piper Watch. We're going to be on Driscoll Watch. We're going to be on TGC Watch guys uh the next a lot of watch we have so many watching we are behind <laughs> in the in the world as much we, watching we, we've been too busy watching something on eschatology while every day uh things have things have happened and have come to our attention yeah. and we are here today talking about something john piper said that has come to the attention of many so pastor michael obviously um I have it pulled up for us to both view. I will read the tweet and I will just tell everyone this got 1500 comments, more than that, more than a thousand reposts and 3000 likes and two, 200 bookmarks. Yeah. Um, 2.7 million views. Yes. On this tweet. Um, uh, from a pastor of like, like John Piper obviously is still popular, but like he is certainly taken a step back from like the limelight, right? He has not tried to keep the like the profile that he had before he had retired. Right. Uh, but this, but this one apparently caught a nerve. So John Piper, um, I think I I rarely look at him. Actually, let's follow him from the restless account in case this happens again. We probably should uh we should notice things like this. Um, he'll regularly tweet thoughts from books of the bible and it's basically clear that for whatever reason he chooses to tweet some personal thought as he does like whatever his bible reading plan is so yeah as we all do right as we all at times do hey i've been reading this here's an idea here's a thought totally normal thing but yep. but here we go so this is a but this is the meme of no one no one absolutely no one and now here comes john piper's tweet can we reassess whether caught Sunday coffee sipping 
in the sanctuary fits. And then he quotes Hebrews 12, 28. Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. So, Pastor Michael, uh, the world had thoughts about this. Boy, um, did they. Wow, this was everywhere. This was everywhere. And it was not just, it was everywhere from every different perspective. That's what was so interesting about it. Yes. Um, so, Pastor Michael, let me, let's just get your hot take in on, uh, on, on this, him floating this as a suggestion. And then I'll give mine. And I'm going to give a different one just to ensure that they're not the same. <laughs> All right. Um, my first thought is you shouldn't be coffee sipping anyway. You should drink your coffee pretty fast. Otherwise, it will raise the acidic uh, nature of your mouth and cause cavities. So um, just <laughs> just there's there's something for you. Um, there's one one take that I have. Um, I don't I don't have a strong opinion on this. OK, is what I will say. Um, I it doesn't bother me at all that people bring coffee into the sanctuary mm. except when i think about it while reading this now there is part of me that thinks i do know that we take way too casual an approach to worship um, we take way too casual an approach to um to entering into the presence of god and actually maybe it would be helpful for you to not just you know you are uh, you know, you swing through, get a cup of coffee from Starbucks and then walk in mm. late to the service. Um, that seems not uncommon. And yeah. that seems to me uh, real like a huge problem. So so I don't know. I I um, started off talking and not really thinking too much of it. But now I'm thinking, I don't know if I like it. I think John Piper might be right. So um I think my whole, uh, I don't have a problem probably with this tweet really very much at all. Uh, I think for me, again, the longer, and I don't let me get soft, everybody, but I think the longer as I'm out in the streets, as I'm out in the church planting, talking to people, it just be like this. It's like, and this is, again, this isn't why I'm not opposed to this tweet, but it's like, man, uh, maybe, maybe someday I need to fix this problem. But right now, I I have to get people comfortable that we're going to confess our sins corporately at yes. church. Right. <laughs> right. Significant amount of time in prayer at church. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that this just it it often reminds me. Um, I'm reading. A, we're going to do it as a study here. This great book, John T. Rhodes. He's a great person to introduce people to different aspects of the reform faith. He's recently released a really short book on reformed worship. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, and, I'll have to check that out. We've been doing it. If you've been listening, book club yep. um, on Fridays, we have uh, been working through Covenants Made Simple. And yeah, it's great. He's he's uh, he's super helpful. And his book on reformed worship does very similar things now, because here's, I think, the question about reform worship. Actually, here we go, man. Let's give away a copy of that book to one of our patrons great. and we will enter everyone who joins the Patreon until Reformation Day, and we will give a copy of the book away to them as well. So we're going to give away Great. two copies, one to a current patron, because they always, we want to reward them. And if you join the Patreon between now and Reformation Day, on Reformation Day, on our live stream, which we'll talk a little bit about, uh, there will be one coming up around that time. 
we will uh we will give a, we will announce winners for those books so Perfect. but what he does so great in his book it's called reformed worship very easy to find little tiny um even thinner than covenants made simple book is what he's trying to do and i actually think this is some of the difficulty of reformed worship now one he's explaining it to people who may find it foreign boring formal uninteresting and he's trying to explain the reasons for the way things are done but he's also trying to root most of his explanation in like fundamental most important truths about worship and i actually think the challenge is right john piper says let us offer acceptable worship to god in reverence and awe that is a fundamental truth about worship biblical worship john piper is right because he's quoting the writer to hebrews is to be offered with reverence and awe now pastor michael i think the problem and the challenge is um that verse uh does not tell me the practical outworkings of that yep right that i think is the challenge right so um you know if which is what god does across the board right like that's that is scripture right there not to say that there's not direct practical steps given at times direct practical application but the vast majority of the time what you find in god's word is the principle yeah not the specific application so then pastor michael if you were to explain it to someone how would you explain how do we work from these like this how is there an because again here's what i think people the people who are unhappy with this tweet um are unhappy that he's working through this big biblical idea to this like very specific yep. um and seemingly non-essential detail what um how do we is there a way to do that appropriately um and in a way that uh you know like that we could actually positively speak from or or is he getting too far out on his skis? Like when he said men should open the car doors for women, you know, because he's a complimentarian. <laughs> this is one of the things I love about Piper, by the way, is unlike so many others in the same milieu, he's actually been very, um, very willing to address very specific topics with scripture. Sometimes you know, Sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes so wrong, <laughs> but I love the guy for trying. And yeah. I like, I really respect that a lot because it's hard. Um, if you've ever tried to do very specific application from scripture, which you can, um, scripture does in principle speak to everything about your life and everything that you do. And that doesn't mean that there's one application point that fits everybody from every text of scripture. And that's it. But it does mean that like you can dig deeply into scripture in such a way that it will affect even minute things. For instance, what kind of drink you might bring into the sanctuary or if you would bring any at all. That's an actually an interesting question and a fine question. And I'm going to argue that John Piper actually does it the right way here. Okay. And, and this is why he doesn't say. Um, like a lot of, you know, our good friends, the Theo bros, who we may be numbered among at times, uh, like they would just say, that's it. You have to do this. Don't do this. Right. It's effeminate to bring coffee into the worship service. That's, that's what they would say. Right. Um, <laughs> but what, what is Piper? He doesn't say, Hey, here's a specific application from this text. And you have to agree with this. Now you have to agree with this application. He just says, 
can we reassess whether Sunday coffee sipping in the sanctuary fits? Question mark. That's that is a a really modest and careful way of saying maybe it doesn't make sense for us to act so um, casual when we're coming to the Lord. That that's a perfectly fine thing to ask. He didn't say. 100%, this is it. Everybody listen to me. He doesn't declare it even. That's Now, if that's all you ever do. If you only ever ask questions, you never actually give direct answers to things. Um, obviously, that would be a problem. But we know that's not the kind of man that John Piper is. He gives direct answers um, very regularly. So anyway, that's I, I think that this is actually really modest. I think those that, that see this as extreme or crazy, uh, you can disagree. Like I said, I, it doesn't bother me. Uh, necessarily, if people bring coffee into worship, I it 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 bothers me some, but it doesn't. It's not like I won't I won't ever think of it. If I saw somebody drinking coffee from the pulpit, it wouldn't it wouldn't stick in my mind. I wouldn't think anything different of them. I'm not going to judge somebody on that basis. Uh, but it does get to the heart of that text, I think, in that it it points out how casual we are. And especially how quickly people are to to jump on. Hey, if I can't have coffee in worship, that's this horrifyingly awful thing. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that is fascinating because I do think when we make decisions about reverence and awe, like why is it appropriate to stand like when a like a president or royalty comes into the room? Well, we should because we got to honor them. Oh, are you telling me I can't be honoring them if I'm sitting? Oh, right. excuse me. <laughs> it's like, well, I I mean, I guess. But like, this is our cue of how we communicate this. And we live. And I think like the real thing that the pushback that probably people don't want to admit is like, well, bummer. I was marketing our church as like the one with basically a coffee shop in it. <laughs> Yes. Like that that's the like that's the real bitter pill is like the truth is like in the American church today we're not like talking about like oh so you're telling me that visitor who was sipping coffee or like the sound guy who had a water bottle you're like saying he does not show has does not have the fear of the lord. No, I'm saying that like when we be like what if church was just a coffee shop that probably shows we don't have the fear of the Lord. Yes, that's so good. Um, oh man, that's true. That's brutal. Um, <laughs> so we we have a church in our presbytery that um, that you know bought their building from uh, another a church of another denomination that had their coffee bar in the sanctuary wow. where people yeah. would during the service be able to get up and go and refill on coffee. So. Um, John Piper's modest question. There's nothing wrong with this. There's, I mean, we need, maybe we should go to strict, like something needs to happen. There needs to be a kind of iconoclasm uh, for, for some of these places where you're right. Coffee is actually um, the point or object of much of what they do rather than simply like a drink that, you know, I brought because, you know, I didn't sleep well last night and my kids are crazy and I want to be able to pay attention, you yep. know? Yeah, I think that I do think that the reaction is is what's more telling, because even if like, right, as Pastor Michael has said, 
right? I, I mean, I actually, in my new, I went to it when I was in a Lutheran church in the new members class, the pastor said, um, because we are doing something holy, we don't bring coffee into the church. Uh, we don't bring it into worship. Um, and we'll have it before and after and whatever. Now, guess what? There were people who visited and brought coffee in, and you know what? No one came up to like, tut, tut, tut. like no hey, one. I can't believe you brought that in here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. um, but right, this this pastor was just saying, what is our what what kind of attitude are we coming with? Right now, let's look at a few of the responses. Um, we won't look at Anthony Bradley's, but he basically says this is just a white church problem, and so that like. And he's maybe not wrong. I don't. I mean, I don't know, but he's maybe not wrong. Um, it's just. Uh, it's just funny. Uh, but it does sound really white. I'm I mean, just. I. I just. Admittedly, it sounds really white. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. I know that the the most like culturally relevant churches that are like we're really interested in racial reconciliation are also probably the churches that need to hear this most. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's definitely very white of you probably to be so up in arms about your coffee. And so obviously he, Anthony Bradley was mad that the entire dis, this is not a discussion about Christianity. This is about a white American suburban, neo-urban bohemian Christian cultural norm. <laughs> and, and, all and, right, bro. <laughs> like, all right, man. And he's right. But again, like, well, that but that's a real culture we can like we can talk about. Yeah, but, right. But anyways, hilariously, Pastor Michael, this tweet, one of the first top comments was from Beth Moore herself, a woman who has at times been less than friendly to John Piper. But she but has also very friendly, right? I mean, but they I used to, to preach together <laughs> regularly at different venues, if uh, you know, so it, so now she's she's extending an invitation. Brother John, I think you'd like us Anglicans. Ain't nobody walking into the service with no coffee. We'd receive you gladly. Pastor Michael is the future Anglican. Is this, <laughs> the future is Anglican because they don't drink coffee. I also doubt that that's the case. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I bet there's plenty of ACNA churches that got coffee sipping members is all we, I'm going to say. We'd again, and they'd also receive a Baptist, convinced Baptist who holds like to virtually none of their specific beliefs. Gladly, big tent, big tent in the Anglicans. All right, so then we got a few of the slightly saltier views, which is considering Pastor Michael, this is obviously a smart guy showing up, considering the New Testament church primarily met in folks' homes and often shared a common meal together. Sipping coffee in the sanctuary should not only be practiced, but encouraged, Pastor Michael. Um, so this <laughs> encouraged. Guy, encouraged. And then a guy said, I'm part of a home church and concur. So, uh, <laughs> so Pastor Michael, what would you say to our friends who are telling us back in Acts, this, this reflects the practice of Acts? Yeah, that's a hard no. Um, now, we don't know exactly what the services looked like in acts we right. don't um but also we don't believe that the standard for um, what we are to do today is exactly as it was when the church was just scrambling to get started mm -hmm. in jerusalem in the first century like that's just not that's just not the standard now i'm not saying that we don't learn things for instance from the book of acts um, yeah. but you know, noticeably missing in the book of Acts 
coffee. <laughs> it's not mentioned. Food is mentioned, but not necessarily as a um, as hey, we ate this meal as part of the worship service. Mm. Now it is clear in, in to me anyway in First Corinthians eleven that there is something going on where um, the where communion was a meal of a kind, right? Like it was like likely participated in as part of a greater meal. There's something to that that intrigues me, um, and I do think we we miss out on some, but. Still, I actually think that, you know, in that context where, you know, Paul is is telling them, hey, this is a problem that some of you are getting drunk and some of you aren't even having anything. And he says, if if you can't control yourself, then you should eat at home. Um, maybe we could also say, hey, if you can't control yourself enough or you're so addicted to your drink that you can't spend one hour apart from it, you got to just drink at home, <laughs> like drink, drink your coffee at home. Drink your coffee in the fellowship time right after the service. If it's such a big deal that you can't have coffee for an hour and a half or an hour long service, or for a lot of people, probably less than that. Yeah. That's actually, I think that shows a serious problem. Lack oh. of self-discipline, serious problem as far as, as your willingness to give something up. Now, again, this is me saying this, and I don't have a problem with people having coffee necessarily. I really, I'm just saying if it's that big of a deal to you, I think it is a problem, <laughs> you know? All right, Pastor Michael, I agree. I, I think, but I do think if we, even if we read the church fathers, I think the the home church homies are would be disappointed to find that when they're like, yeah, the president of the congregation read the apostles' memoirs as long as possible. We celebrate the Eucharist. Man, <laughs> it sure sounds like when the early church fathers describe as early a worship as we can possibly find, it sure seems to be more formal than uh, I started a church in my living room by inviting my friends over, you know. Um, and we all just do it, right? It's yeah. it's for everybody, and everybody leads. <laughs> Sorry, home church people, please don't add us. Don't really want to have you on the show. <laughs> hey, friends, don't let friends go to home churches unless it's the only option, right? Like if this, if yep. you're in a place where that's all you can do, and it's not wrong to meet in a home. But if right. you're in a place where there are legitimately fine churches all around you, friends don't let friends do house churches. <laughs> Your home church is fine if it was if it's being led by a lawfully ordained minister seeking to institute worship as Christ uh, biblically called us to. So that likely will end in finding a more you know uh, yeah. a different kind of location. <laughs> right, but may not, and that's okay. Let's do two more. Let's do. Uh, because team head coverings, of course, hopped in, uh, as you can guess, because everything, if you, dude, can I just say, I, I am not the like biggest hater on head coverings, but the biggest problem is for the people that do it, everything is a moment to advertise the need for head coverings. Oh my goodness. It's so true. And this is, I, I tell a lot of people this because people will talk to me, um, like I am the kind of person where I have plenty of friends on the side of you absolutely need to cover your head. Like that's, if you're a woman, like that is what 100% obviously scripture is so clear. You couldn't take that really obscure passage any other way. <laughs> um, and, and I'm, and I'm sympathetic. Like I really am. I think that there can be good arguments. I think that, you know, it's like, I think it can be a fine and, and even lovely thing. Um, I don't, 
personally hold to it. I don't think you need to do it. But uh, like you're right. The fact that so many of these guys are like so on it where it's all that they can talk about. I'm like, there's something seriously wrong with you. It might not even be your view. Right. But there is something seriously wrong with you. I tweeted recently something like, man, there's a lot of unmarried men that are pretty hard about head coverings. Like, like you got other problems. I don't know. Soldier Saint Christ is Lord, who is a post-millennial particular Baptist theonomist against child sacrifice and grooming. I don't know if that guy's single. Um, We might be able to have a good conversation with him. But what he says is if you want more reverence and awe, what about head coverings? pastor john by the way <laughs> just so this guy knows i guarantee john piper has 10 blogs and a thought like five pastor johns about head coverings that you could find out what oh, his definitely so and here's our last one pastor michael this is a person a little bit again in sense any other unintrusive comforts we should ban from the sanctuary how about scratching itching noses <laughs> pastor michael is john piper just making church more difficult for no good reason is that what Dude. this is it's it's this kind of stuff that just makes you so sad um and angry like people are so they have so little discipline they have so little like willingness to sacrifice anything right like anything uh that if anybody tells them hey you know maybe we should reassess if this is the best way to do this oh you <laughs> Right. What do you want me to just die? What yeah. do you want me to die, Pastor John? I can't drink coffee for one hour of my life. Like, that's just it's just so insane. It if is. you like if you're that worked up about it. Now, if you say, Hey, I'm worried that that would lead into a kind of legalism, yeah, okay, that's a legitimate concern and perfectly fine. But yeah. but the just you know, uh uh the the pearl clutching that yeah. goes on over this is pretty absurd. I think it's like, it's one of those things where the American church is in desperate need of, again, like 10% more of the, like the energy of, of some of the like more hardcore Puritans that were like, Hey, just so you know, we're getting rid of everything that like has this air of tradition out of the worship service. And obviously um, we often think like, well, that was them going too far are they holding to the regular principle in a way that actually is consistent? Is it, you know, is this too strict was really like any written prayer, a bad thing. I think we in the American church should at least be able to sympathize with them that it's like, guys, we have gone. So like they're, they're thinking about the Roman Catholic church, the medieval Roman Catholic church, even the desire to like fuse the reformed church with Anglicanism and this like hybrid version their, their mindset is, we have went so wrong when it comes to worship. We are getting rid of all of it, and we're just taking a time out on all of it for a long time. And and may, I, like the truth is, that's... Do we need it, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah you're right, <laughs> my friend. Maybe we do need to get rid of all the unintrusive comfort because the thing motivating most people by how they pick a church is what is most comfortable for them, for their children um for everyone else that is like the that is the what we won't say out loud the number one thing that goes into how we pick a church comfort and so yeah actually maybe you're right like maybe we do need to like nuke everything that like 
is unessential that would make you comfortable, right? Well, we do need somewhere to sit because, well, you have to be able to sit to listen to the teaching. Of All right, bring your own chairs from now on. We're clear in the pews. Just what bring the, in your own chairs. Which is what the Scottish Presbyterians did. That's why Jenny yes, it's true. Oh, a chair because she had to bring it. Yes. So, people, people stood. I mean, like, yeah. Well, this and it's normal. You know, this is normal, and not to bring your own chair, but it's very common, uh, especially in in Africa and some other places in the world, to not have any kind of you know seating, um, or maybe you have like just a very rudimentary bench or something. But for the most part, like you have, most most people are standing or you're sitting on the floor, um, and that's how you pack the tiny little room. Um, smaller than a lot of people's homes yep. in the U.S. Speaking of house churches, and and you worship, and then you have a service that's four to five hours long. Right. Because they, just like the early church, they read the apostles' memoirs as long as they have time because yeah. they love it. So I think the takeaway here is, um, as far as like John Piper's far afield, this one's pretty. This one's pretty solid. And the question is for all of us is am I going into worship with reverence and awe? Like, that's the question. Like, and, you know, and yeah, and, and reverence and awe isn't a somber, boring thing like that you can't bring your kids to, right? Like God obviously intends that. So it's not necessarily this like, well, uh, people in worship are meant to be seen, but not heard. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, what? what am I doing in my, with my own body, with my own clothing, with my own life, mm -hmm. with my own children and saying, we are going to meet with God. Right. Yeah. And so, when and it's a good point that there's, I mean, there are bigger fish to fry. Um, this is, this is maybe not the top of the list, but it's not it, the very fact of bringing it up. Actually, I think it's probably helpful in other ways, right? Because you see, okay, well, if you're not even willing to change again, that you can't just, you just, you can't part with that beverage for one hour. If that's how bad it is, then when we start trying to address, you know, some people might think, well, that's applying it too specifically. Okay, well, let's just back up and make something a bit more general. What about how you dress on Sunday? Is that, I mean, are you willing to do anything about that? Well, probably if you can't give up coffee, probably you're not going to change anything about how you dress, um, how you act. You're probably not going to be willing to set aside a day for the worship of the Lord right. and meeting with his people. You're probably not going to be willing to say, I'm going to try to prioritize not working on Sundays. You're probably not going to prioritize, hey, I want to make sure that we get good rest so that when we come to worship, we're ready, we're excited. You're probably not going to be willing to put in the time throughout the week to prepare yourself and prepare your family saying, Hey, this is what we're going to be singing. This is what we're going to be reading on Sunday. Let's, why don't we prepare ahead of time? Why don't we prepare our hearts now? You're probably not going to be willing to do any of that. If you're not willing to just give up sipping coffee for one hour. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Restless. Just so everyone knows, I did indeed drink a cup of coffee during this episode, uh, and it was it was a great episode. So I'm sorry if Pastor Michael has offended you. Um, you, you, can, you can wear shorts to church. That's not what he was saying. Um, if you're one of the groups that we have uh, panned without much thought in this episode, we hope you worship in reverence and awe. 
We hope you sign up for the Patreon because we are giving away two copies of Reformed Worship. Two copies. Subscribe to the Patreon. Listen, we have more watches to do. Uh, we are we are the watchmen on the wall of Reformed Twitter, and we're here for that.